0: The following podcast is a Dear Media production. All right. This is a product that was actually recommended by you guys. You know, I've been on this hair journey trying to grow my hair. I was experiencing a hair postpartum shedding and you guys DM'd me about this product to add to my routine. It's by Devi. I'm sure you've seen this all over social media. It's blowing up because they have these crazy before and after photos. And what I did to grow and thicken my hair and make it not shed was I took supplements, I did micro needling, and then I did scalp massage. But what I've done is I've implemented this lightweight scalp serum into my routine with the scalp massage. So I'll use the serum and like massage it into my head. And the serum has all these amazing amino acids and peptides in it. So with the scalp massage, like I just feel like it gives me a thicker hair. So I've like kind of habit stacked the scalp massage with this specific scalp serum. This one by Devee also is water-based. So it's not super oily and not too thick. So you can use it any time of day. I have been told by so... Many old Hollywood actors to do scalp massage. And if you can get a good scalp serum with that massage, you cannot go wrong. I just feel like it's so, so amazing for overall scalp health. And the hair growth is just a benefit of having a healthy scalp. We had Justin Anderson on the podcast and he said, you have to be massaging your scalp and using a serum is such a plus with it. And honestly, I'm really trying to be preventative and proactive after this baby. So I don't experience the same amount of hair shedding. So I'm very, very excited about this. You can use code skinny at checkout for 15% off your first purchase and visit diviofficial.com for more information. That is I V I Official.com For more information, use code skinny for 15% off your first purchase.
1: She's a lifestyle blogger extraordinaire. Fantastic. And he's a serial entrepreneur. A very smart cookie. And now Lauren Everts and Michael Bostick are bringing you along for the ride. Get ready
0: for some major realness.
1: Welcome to the Skinny Confidential. Him and her. Uh Aha!
2: It was like the motion was trying to get out, which is ultimately what I believe happened. I don't believe it had anything to do with impact. I don't believe it had anything to do with a suplex. I think I probably could have opened a door that day the wrong way and my shoulder would have exploded. Like it would have found a way to come out. That's like how powerful it felt. And at that moment, I knew fighting was over. Within a matter of seconds, I knew I was done. Every part of me like had left. And I literally thought to myself, have I just been watching what I've been doing for the last five years? Like I was just viewing myself.
1: Welcome back to the Skinny Confidential Him and Her Show. That clip was from our guest of the show today, Adam Von Rothfelder, the strong coffee man himself. This episode, it goes all over the place. This is an incredible story. Adam's story is amazing. What if I told you guys, you have somebody here that suffered a ton of abuse, witnessed a sibling die, later became a professional fighter, who then became a professional model for Versace. With Gigi Hadid. With Gigi Hadid, who then started a coffee company then did a million other amazing things. So like this is just a this is just a wild episode. This is the first time we actually got to sit down with Adam and meet him and like Lauren and I were just blown away.
0: It's fitting too because he was recommended to us by our friend Khalil and one of my favorite podcast episodes was with Khalil. If you have not listened to part 1 and part 2 of his episodes, you're missing out and he recommended Adam come on the podcast and boy, did this episode deliver. I love when we can have people on that have a really impactful, captivating story with an ending like he has. It's incredible. He spills some tea. He spills some juice. He goes everywhere.
1: And I do got to say, after meeting Adam, we jumped into his product, Strong Coffee Company, and it is some of the best coffee, especially... For people that are of the mind that they want to be healthy, fitness minded, you know, Lauren and I recently traveled back to LA and I didn't even order coffee the whole time we're there. I just brought strong coffee and use this. It's got a little bit of protein. It's got a little bit of theanine. It's got some adaptogens and it's packs quite a punch, but you don't have any jitters or come down and you just feel really good on it. For anybody that wants to try it, it's code SKINNY20 at Strong Coffee Company. And like I said, it's an amazing product You know, that's not sponsored or anything. We just really like it a lot. And he, after coming on the show, wanted to give everybody a discount. So be sure to check it out and stay tuned for this incredible episode. It is a wild one, guys. Buckle up. This is the Skinny Confidential, him and
2: her.
0: So you grew up, you said, with a lot of masculine energy.
2: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. How'd you grow up? Yeah. I mean, I grew up in Milwaukee, Wisconsin- I mean, real blue collar. My dad was a second generation or well, first generation born American, you know, come from a German family. And my dad definitely, you know, was raised with an iron fist and then brought that upon uh, me. And I don't think it always started like that with him. My brother was such a problem that- uh, Older brother, younger brother. My older brother, 13 years older than me. Found out later on in life, like after enough deep conversations with my mom, like trying to- just get her to crack at some reality of like what I went through for her to like, tell me some stuff. And he would come to bed one night after something my brother did to, you know, my mom and dad before I was you know conscious of what was going on. And he was like, I will never let another fucking kid do that to me. What do you mean? My brother had a massive drug problem. I'm talking like doing Coke and stealing cars, you know, breaking into the high school to from what age, Oh man, probably like 13 got in trouble with the police for the first time at 14, got his front tooth knocked out by a police officer, getting his head hit against the back of a trunk of a car he stole, you know, just, it was always something. I mean, I was probably eight years old, you know, he's 13 years older than me and Sitting there drinking some milk. He's drinking some milk or watching a TV show, eating burgers. He's sitting on a chair like right to my right of me. And he just starts having a seizure and falls on top of me. And he's just having like a seizure on top of me. And I didn't touch milk for like six months because I thought it was fucking milk or something. You know, like I had no idea what was going on. I was like traumatized at the idea of, you know, my brother almost dying and falling on top of me, being carted away by an ambulance. And this wasn't, you know, the only time.
0: So your childhood was incredibly chaotic
2: super chaotic i mean it was you know there's so much avoidance you know my mom's part it took a lot of work for me to understand it so i wouldn't be mad about it so much avoidance as that was shown you know from my mom and both and my dad you know where that's all this is going on with my brother at the same time we're having like foreign exchange students brought into the house or what, what was the reasoning just parents wanted to oh culture uh, yeah, I mean, things aren't that bad. I mean, Andy's just on drugs and, you know, like, I mean, my mom still to this day, like, I mean, up until two years ago, it took like screaming matches of me getting her to realize that this pain is not made believe make believe dad beat the shit out of me, like right in front of you. And you didn't notice it because you were too busy being on the phone talking to one of your patients because you couldn't disconnect from, you know, these people you help at a hospital enough to put your attention into the family, which is just pure avoidance.
1: So was it, so the way that your dad dealt with you after dealing with your brother was okay, your brother traumatized them so much with his addiction that he said, okay, we're going to raise this one differently and not let you... you yeah, know, I mean, my,
2: my mom didn't have any part of it. You know, it was always my... It was just my dad that was the hard-ass. I mean, my my mom was like the sweet woman who came home and like rubbed my back for 30 minutes and I'd stay up late, and watch, you know, Renegade, you know, till 11 o'clock on a school night, just cause I could like see her because she worked late nights, you know, as a nurse. And, and she always put more into it. And as the baby of the family, I was just looking for that like attention because everybody was so much older than me too. How many
1: siblings, you have one sibling, two how many siblings do you have?
2: I mean, I have, I had my brother who passed away, Andy. He died when I was 22. I have my sister, you know, she's 10 years older than me. So she's uh, gonna be turning 50. And then I have my sister, Gretchen, who is two years older than me. And then I have a little brother who's adopted, which is, you know, all part of the story. You know, I just, Ma was a nurse, hospital, little boy, paralyzed, no family to love him, you know, and it was like, hey, like this kid's got nobody and, you know, we adopted him and, you know, 25 years later, you know, he still lives with us, but that same thing, like that same energy that went into that could have been put into, you know, doing other things for our direct family at that time.
0: To me, that generation seems like a lot of the way they dealt with things was sweeping it under the rug.
2: Oh, 100%. I mean, that's how we got here socially and culturally in so many ways that we are today that we could like speak of is just the sweeping under the rug. I mean, the economics behind America, sweeping under the rug, just keep doing it, push it aside for the next generation where it's like, no, fuck that. Like I've never touched my kid. I don't yell at my kid. You know, it's just like, everything comes from a place of I'm going to make them stronger with what it is that I had to go through to make sure that they never have to go through that.
1: There's a lot, I, I feel like we could spend a lot of time here in our childhood. Now, you know, a lot of people come on this show and we, we start with going, kind of getting to know who the person is. Yeah. Some people have a quicker, you know, like what's a child? Oh, it's good. Grew up, but went to school. Normal. We can, I, I feel like just talking to you here for the first five minutes, there's a lot to unpack. Whew, that was only five minutes? Yeah. <laughs> but, but, I, and I, but I think it's important because I think it plays into obviously who you are now and why you're on the show and the message and, the, and what you're building. So talk to me about your older brother a little bit, because it sounds like he had a pretty significant impact on your life. One, obviously being your older brother, but two, when he's going through addiction and you're that young, how, how are you engaging with him and what are you thinking?
2: My brother you know, to me was the coolest. I mean, he lived in the basement. He listened to NWA, Beastie Boys. I used to like sit next to the speaker and just <laughs> let it saturate my eardrums, you know, and watch him roll joints or whatever and hop in his El Camino and drive off. What was interesting is, is that I got older. I didn't realize that I also gained like my entrepreneurial spirit from him. He started his own contracting business. He was a remodeler and he was super talented. You know, so talented that I like I saw something in him even when I was younger that I wanted to like absorb some of this talent and I begged him to let me work for him. I remember I still have the tool belt he like gave me. I showed up, it was like my first day of work, and we go to this hardware store and he buys me a new tool belt, a heart hammer and tape measure. And I worked for my brother every summer till I was 18. So for six years. So you guys were close. Yeah, 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 yeah. We were really close. I was the one that saw the drug use and alcohol go from recreational to addiction. Like I saw it because I was working with him. I quit school so I could work for him full time. I stopped going to college. I quit the soccer team. I like left everything. At the time he was building my parents' house. He like ran his car into the lake, called me and was like, I need your help and don't tell mom and dad. While using. Yeah. And I held on to that for a while. And I like realized that I like done drug runs for him, you know, and I didn't realize that's really what I was doing. I was putting money in mailbox and grabbing shit you know i thought it was for his work but it was like hey on your way to work grab this mailbox you know and it's like cool you know and then all of a sudden he's doing drugs at lunchtime and i'm like that's the bag i picked up you know i'm 18 at this time 19 20 at 22 is when he passed away he had three kids you know wow. i mean he was married he had gone through three stints of rehab came back and at the time i was uh, i was living with my girlfriend i got a call at like 5 in the morning For my sister and andy was living in my house in the room that i grew up in and uh he had died you know so i i get this call and he had died and they knew he had died my my sister found his body at five in the morning going down to wake him up the amount of guilt that hit because i was supposed to call him like eight hours earlier and i didn't you know i was supposed to call him back he like left a message at the gym that i was working at and to call him back and I like left the gym like a little too late, just kind of lost track of time. My cell phone was dead. Anybody who knows me knows my cell phone is always fucking dead, you know? And it was just, I was like, oh, I'll talk to him in the morning. On the way to the, to go see him, I heard an ad on the radio and this is kind of like where, you know, being ready, like is always in kind of like my thing, like be ready, stay ready in some mentality of like what I went through as a child with my dad. Being a certain way, it got me into working out at a young age at 12 years old. I spent all my money on a personal trainer and a gym membership. And then what money did you have? I had a paper out. I was making $2,000 a month. I literally trained with a personal trainer four or five days a week for six, seven months to learn what I learned and to like get advanced and understand it was to protect myself, you know, and to feel confident in my body. Cause I was always under some version of attack. And when my brother passed away and I heard this ad on a radio, It was for a kickboxing tournament. It was a no holds barred fight. And it was show up to Harley Davidson dealership, sign up, fight two weeks from here. And it was, uh, it was called the tough man. Remember those tournaments you used to see on ESPN with the double boxing gloves and people just beating the shit out of each other. I was the champion. I won that fight weeks after my brother died. It was the first time I had ever fought in a ring.
0: Do you think that the reason that you were drawn to fighting and, and beating the shit out of or getting beaten the shit out of is because of your chaotic childhood? It was a I release? knew that I
2: was good at violence, right? Like receiving it. I also knew that
0: you were good at receiving violence. Meaning I've never like
2: you'd, you'd taken pain. I had taken pain. I
0: mean, that's I've never heard anyone say that. That's like that's crazy that you you in your brain thought you were good at receiving violence.
2: Yeah. Like I wasn't afraid of violence. Yeah. I wasn't perceptively, it didn't scare me. The idea of getting hit or hitting someone. I'm like, I've gone through that since I was a kid. Like what it was familiar. Yeah. I mean, I had a 6 two 260-pound man hit me like break a watch over my fucking face. Like, what is this? What is this 185 pound boy going to do to me? I mean, our first dude I fought, he felt the wrath of 22 years of pain. It was the first person I had ever hit. I mean, I like, I body slammed my dad one time just to show him at 18 years old, like stop fucking with me. You know, I put him down. I knocked the wind out of him. He, he went unconscious for a split second because he was, he hit me three times. And I just was like, did you ever repair that relationship with your dad? Well, yeah, yeah, we we can get there. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I did. I mean, as much as I could. He had a hard time letting his guard down, but we did. To be clear, I'm not a violent person. Like I fucking hate violence. Right? Like I loathe it. You know, I, I got out of fighting because violence is what I wanted. What I wanted to what I wanted is to feel.
0: If you've been listening to this podcast and you have not gotten Sakara's beauty drops and chlorophyll drops, you are missing out. I use these every single morning. I put them in my lemon water. They sex it up. They give me all the benefits. It's good for my blood, my circulation, my energy, my beauty. I'm obsessed. You got to go get these, both of them. I even traveled with them. I'm so obsessed. You put a couple drops of each into your water and it just gives you all the benefits. For those of you who are unfamiliar, Sakara is a wellness company anchored in food as medicine and on a mission to nourish your body. What they want to do is they want to nourish your body through the power of plants. It gives you the tools to transform your life with their organic, ready-to-eat meal delivery program. So along with the drops that I use every single morning, if you're going to do a meal delivery, this is the one. It's all nutritionally designed, chef-crafted breakfasts. They have lunches, dinners, and they're all made with powerful, plant-rich ingredients. Everything is designed to boost your energy, support digestion, curb sugar cravings. This company is really amazing because what they've done is they've helped you manage your time by delivering food straight to your door, but they've made it healthy. And there's no hidden agenda here. Everything is so straightforward and full of plants, which we love. Right now, Sakara is offering all Skinny Confidential him and her listeners 20% off your first order when you go to Sakara.com slash skinny or enter code skinny at checkout. That's sakara s a k a r a. dot com slash skinny. You get 20% off your first order. com slash skinny. Go check out those drops. Add them to your morning water. From an outside perspective, to me, it seems like your parents put so like a, a huge emphasis on your brother using drugs, so they were distracted with that. And then, it sounds like they adopted someone who was paralyzed, and they put a big, a lot of their attention on that. And then you were kind of left in the middle, floating around, and they ended up taking a lot of their stress out on you.
2: Oh yeah, one hundred percent nailed it. Bam, yeah. I mean, it's what totally i mean i i was like the kind of the kid forgotten i was just young enough and out of place and i didn't have enough problems like my sister gretchen she was like dyslexic and struggled with these issues so she had just enough attention on her because she was fucking off in school to be like gretchen you need to fucking you know this and this like you got to do your home you know and like but me i'm like on a (laughs) roll you know flying through in the middle of the day just crying for no reason not knowing why so what would you like what would you get beat for
1: what, like, what were some of the offenses that would oh, set your man. dad off? Because it sounds like you weren't th- too bad of a kid compared to... No,
2: man. It'd be like not cleaning my room. I liked to model cars when I was a kid. And it'd be like not cleaning up the paint in the middle of the garage floor. You know, even though I like had newspaper, it was like all clean. It's just like I didn't cap the stuff and like put the brushes away right away. You know, maybe it'd been like 20 minutes or something because I was doing something else or washing my hands, you know, whatever. And he had to flip the fuck out.
1: And it, was it because like, say with your brother, did your brother get that kind of wrath or was it he was... No,
2: I mean, yeah, my brother was too old at that point, and my dad, like, I mean... So
1: the frustration got taken out on you.
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, you you know, bullies, right? Like, they're not going to pick on the person of their fair size, you know?
0: I also think it sounds like you were looking for your mom's attention, and your mom didn't give you the attention, and then she goes and adopts someone who's paralyzed, and then I'm sure a lot of her attention went there, and you were probably like, what the hell?
2: Oh, yeah, totally. I mean, I... I mean, there was, I could count how many sports events that they showed up for me on one hand throughout my entire high school career. And I was a standout soccer player and pole vaulter. Like it was, you know, on my own, on my birthday, I turned 18, you know, April 28th, 2000 year I graduated, I'm running track. I have a track meet on my birthday and nobody shows up to the track meet. You know, it was just like, (laughs) what? What? Did they
1: feel like Adam's just got his shit together and like he's fine or was it just kind of the lost child because so many of the other kids needed the attention?
2: I don't really know. I think they were just so caught up in their own shit. I mean like you know they were always just so troubled with like money I think financially you know and just not talking about it like my parents did not have a plan like thank God I figured out what savings were was later on and I've met some successful people that you know, have helped me because like shit up until a couple of years ago, I didn't have any money in savings. Like, and I was like, okay, like mom, you didn't have any money saved up. Like if it wasn't for X dying or whatever, you know, like you would have been fucked. Like, oh hell no, that is not going to be me. I mean, my whole family was overweight. I've been 7% body fat and 200 pounds since I was 19 years old.
1: So how did you find fitness? Like what was the, I mean, it sounds like you found it young 12, but what was like, what was the moment where you're like, oh my God, this is the thing for me.
2: The real moment of fitness is crazy. And this is where it's like these like storybook moments, right? My great uncle Bill died. Basically my dad's uncle, Chicago, go to the funeral, have this great party afterwards. And this disheveled attorney comes up to me. And I'm 12 years old. It was an age. It was Donnie came at 12. A lot of things happened at 12 years old. My uncle Bill left me a rusty barbell and 85 pounds in metal weights sitting in this broken milk crate. And I was 12 years old. I'm like, the lawyer said, your uncle said, you always love WWF. And maybe this will help you become a wrestler one day. So I took that rusty ass barbell home. I stole my sister's Reebok stair stepper. And I started working out, started liking the way I looked, started liking the way I felt. And one of the best things that ever came of Danye, who's my little brother, the one that's paralyzed, of him becoming my brother is not only the relationship that we have and like the things I've been able to help him with that I don't think many other people would have helped him with, you know, knowing people just follow medical advice. Me, I'm always like buck the system, you know, and I, I tried things with him when he was young. They said he would never eat again, you know, and it's like. He eats with his mouth since he was four years old now. You know, it's like I put food in his mouth and (laughs) pull it out of his mouth with my finger if he couldn't chew it, you know, and just doing weird stuff. I was like 16 years old playing with things like that. His nurse came up to me at 12 and was like, I see you working out in your room all the time. He's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm just trying to get big. And this guy was like a bodybuilder and he was a fireman. He had a carpet cleaning business, an entrepreneur again in my life. Next day he comes and he drops off the stack of Iron Man magazines big like stack from like 87 to like 96 of muscle magazines i read every single one of them cover to cover like three four times at the age of 12 like in the matter of like weeks you just became obsessed oh obsessed is a understatement i literally said at 12 years old that i was gonna be on the cover of a fitness magazine and want to be be one of the biggest names of fitness ever
0: it sounds like your whole family was overweight and you went the different direction so you became the black sheep because you you were kind of mirroring them Oh, yeah. So maybe that's the reason that they took it out on you because you brought up things for them that they didn't want to see in themselves.
2: Yeah, I mean, very much so. I mean, I can't talk about anything health related. I mean, like some of the most successful people in the world, people who own PayPal <laughs> have sought my advice, you know.
1: I mean, you can't talk about
2: it with them. I can't talk health with them. Yet some of the most successful people in the world pay me to help them. And they just won't take what I give them. You know, it's just like, it doesn't matter. It's always offensive or, you know, whatever it is. Oh, let me help you. You know, I'll show up and I'm fine. You know, it's like, okay. I mean, you're still overweight. I mean, 20 years later, like, it's not me talking shit. Like I'm doing it out of love here.
0: Someone told me that the reason that Oprah was so successful is because she never helped anyone. She helped people help other people. And maybe if there's a way for you to help them help other people you can get it through their brain
2: do you know many midwesterners (laughs) (laughs) i know you yeah yeah uh midwesterners are an interesting bunch
0: careful there's a lot
2: of midwesterners listening i'm a midwesterner so believe me I, i get it i will never stop trying i will never stop trying i actually had my sister here and i got her to microdose mushrooms and the same with my mom. My mom has an interest. She's had a lot of crazy surgeries and has a lot of pain. She has like no joint or thumb and shit, right? Her doctor of like 30 years retired and she got this new doctor. And like in the first doctor meeting, they like marked her as like pill seeking. So now my mom can't get pain medication. So I was like, well, let's try some alternative methods, mom. So when she was here, I gave her uh, some psilocybin and a nice little microdose. And she was like, ah. I can move my shoulder. You know? And it's like, yes, yes, you can. So, I mean, it's, the work is never done. I love what I do. My heart is on my sleeve. I mean, I, I have a tattoo of a heart on my sleeve. The logo of my company is a heart. Like everything I do comes from the heart. Cause really that's, that's like my, always been my biggest driver. It hasn't been education or anything. It's just been passion.
0: So after your brother passed away, what changed in your life? Like what kind of clarity did you have with your business and your family?
2: When my brother passed, I mean, I was, I was a young buck
0: before you met your wife. Oh yeah. Way before.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So my brother passed, I did that fight and uh, somebody came up to me, uh, Horace craft, who is like my brother from a, it's like my, it's like my stepdad in a weird way. This sheriff out of Milwaukee who kind of was like wrongfully accused black guy, you know, shot a white guy in the city, like years, years back, got like taken off the force defending himself in the in this gunfight and kind of like switched his life to like helping youth, disadvantaged youth through it, you know, and came up to me and was like you have real talent, you know, you should train and brought me to this place called Ace Boxing, which is this like uh, dingy hole in the wall, literally blood soaked mats in the middle of a Milwaukee park that is a historic place that can't be taken down cuz it was owned by Nate it's owned by native americans. And we would show up there and box. And he would just beat the shit out of me. <laughs> and he would have like three other dudes that were all like black belts and crazy martial arts, like Wing Chun and all these like martial arts that were just kicking my ass for like three, four months. At the same time, I'm training with Tom Mueller, who is, you know, a very high level jujitsu practitioner, just won, you know, a, a world title. So just
1: trying to get a well-rounded well, understanding I, I, of martial
2: arts. I, I I dove into fighting. I mean, I basically, I went all the way in and i was balancing fighting training i had gotten a job as an electrician and i was just kind of doing the nine to five grind looking for my thing because i knew milwaukee wasn't my thing
1: and is this the time when like where is ufc at this time so
2: yeah i mean people making money yet yeah i mean people are being paid dog shit but it's com-
1: arguably that a lot of them are still being paid. Yeah. Attention. yeah, yeah That's yeah. a whole other topic. But- I mean, I'm
2: talking real bad, like real bad. Like I was privy to a lot of these conversations, you know, when I was coming up. So I, I fought that fight. I fought it the next year. I then did jujitsu for about three months. And the, my team talked me into doing a Naga, which is the North American grappling association. It's nine States invited. And I ended up winning uh Naga. After, like, only practicing jiu jitsu for about four months.
1: So, you just came in and were just bottle r- rage is unleashed on everyone. You're just taking people out.
2: Well, it wasn't just rage. I mean, I think back then, unless you were like the highest level collegiate wrestler, you had never touched somebody like me. Like, not because of my skill level, but because I had a 500 pound deadlift and could do 35 unbroken pull ups. Run a forty and a four four five like I. With well, f-
1: and also let's not discount that at this point. If you've, ta- I mean, I, I. It's interesting. You meet people that have taken beatings in their life, and it's a whole different thing because a lot of people, you know, they think they're going to act tough in the tough situation, and then it happens, and they get you know punched once, and like, oh my god, It's oh, like if you're somebody that can take more pain than the majority of people, that's
2: a huge advantage. One, give it. I was ruthless. Like I would stick my chin in somebody's eye socket and just grind away until I could get the position that I wanted. You know, it's like, Hey, you're not going to move your arm. I'll make you move your arm.
0: You seem very gentle though. When I, when I meet you.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, there's a difference between me who wants to win and, and like stop somebody from hurting me and winning. And like me, who is just like right here. I mean, I, (laughs) Pat, You know, this guy next to me, he refers to me like my puppy, you know, who's like calm and sweet and cute, yet barks at everybody. I have a side, but it's like nobody's ever going to see it. Like, you'd have to put me back in a ring if that's ever going to happen, or somebody needs to threaten my family. Like, I do tactical shooting, like, I do things like that, you know, I mean, I'm ready for it, but. I think the people who really know it don't have to show it. No, you know,
0: Uh, Michael always says that. Well, we have a
1: a friend of ours and he's been on the show, you know, Joe Schilling, you know. Yeah, 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 of course. Like I always tell like that's not a guy you ever want to find yourself in a fight with. Right. It's just like not it's just there's certain people, but. He is one of the nicest, softest people. If you're if you're just with him, like he doesn't need he doesn't need to prove it to anyone. If you put him in a ring, it's a whole different thing. Well, yeah. there's but,
0: there's this law that Robert Greene writes about that it says that when someone shows hyper masculinity or hyper femininity, there's something that is an insecurity there that they're not showing. Mm. So like if they're so so masculine and they have to show everything that's so masculine all the time. Like there's something like there's there. Aggro.
1: If there's, there's guys that come in aggro all the time, there's yeah, probably yeah. some other issue.
2: Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's uh, effectively, I mean, I ended up fighting for seven more years, right? Hiding from pain, running. I found myself multiple States dating different women, you know, like all these kinds of things just kind of cruising around being this free spirit and I had What a, do
0: you mean dating all kinds of women? You mean like hookers? Are oh, we no, talking no, like no, no, if no, you have no, a different woman in every state? No, no, no. Listen,
2: I've I, uh, never been with a hooker. Okay. My- <laughs> oh, I mean
0: no, I mean like do we have girlfriends in different states? Like what do no, you mean? No, no, I
2: wasn't a player. I mean I My I, wife's mind will go
1: to like the darkest places when it comes to How is that
0: dark? It's like it. fun.
1: Why I did get you it straight
2: to hookers? It does sound fun. What do you mean? It wasn't that exciting. No, looking for acceptance from women because of like the lack of validation and acceptance from my own mom and my sisters. It's always been like a thing. It's actually a thing that me and my wife, we kind of like talk about and are working on is that if she has friendships with women, you know, that, and they're like hanging out, I'll feel like sitting at home on the outside. And it's like, it's not because I'm needy or whatever it is. It's because, you know, that's like where I've been for so long and it hurts to not feel included Like, hey, I want to go get a fucking facial too. (laughs) <laughs> like, it's, you know, like you're my best friend. Like, don't exclude me because you're doing a girl thing. Like, I don't like that thought what process. What if she's
0: getting her vagina steamed? Do hey, you want to come will, get your I'll, balls steamed?
2: I'll steam my asshole any day. Okay, so yeah. you're in
0: for anything. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Well, I'm just, yeah. I mean, she if you she's know.
0: getting a pedicure. Do you want to get a pedicure? Totally. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well,
2: and it's not that she can't have her alone time. It's just me. Ma- it's basically the idea of like what I'm talking about, like with other women. Like, so I, I would be dating a girl and then I jump to the next state, but like I'd have like something already there. It's cause like you, I needed like a woman in my life at the time for that validation and self-acceptance, you know, even though I had like all these other great things going for myself, I had not done this like closure work that I needed, you know, through the relationship that I had through my mom where she's like seeing me get smacked and <laughs> not saying anything about it, you know, and you're like, you when, didn't.
0: when did you have the light bulb moment that you knew that like, maybe you needed to seek therapy or you needed to do something about, about this? Michael was getting a little frisky this morning. You Know why?
1: Because I've been taking that sex dust.
0: He didn't know it though. I spiked his coffee with it.
1: Oh, I knew it. I let you do it. <laughs> I saw you.
0: Here's the move, okay? In the morning when they're waking up, all you have to do is sprinkle a little smoky cacao flavored sex dust into their coffee. So what I did specifically is I blended one teaspoon of sex dust into Michael's morning latte. I gave him two shots of espresso to wake him up in every way little bit of almond milk, and then I added the sex dust. And this was the perfect way to start our day. I got my creative juices flowing literally and figuratively. <laughs> He's drinking his coffee.
1: I got my juices flowing too.
0: <laughs> things are happening. I just feel like why not add some sex dust to your coffee? Moon Juice has all the things. They have all different kinds of dusts. I'm a fan of the sex dust. That's the one. And basically what it is, is it has six key adaptogens in it. Okay. I can't pronounce them all, but there's some good ones. They have wildcrafted chila cheet in it, a little bit of organic cacao, which stimulates endorphin release, organic maca, which is known to give you healthy sexual function, and a couple other ones. One even is known to increase blood flow and energy. <laughs> I love spiking you with sex dust, Michael. Moon Juice is giving you some love. To give your hormones some love and get those juices flowing like us, head to moonjuice.com slash skinny and use code skinny at checkout. You get 20% off. Moonjuice.com slash skinny. Use code skinny at checkout for 20% off. Spike your partner's coffee and tell me how it is.
2: Honestly, it was when my shoulder separated. I had just signed a Strike Force contract. I had been fighting for five and a half years. I had done like 13 fights and lost two and won the other 11. I won a tournament that was for Strike Force. And less than like 18 hours later, I blew my shoulder out. Never fought again. How did you blow it out? I suplexed Brett Rogers, who's like 295 pounds, six foot six fighter, and his arm Ugh. got like behind my shoulder blade and i was doing a suplex and my whole shoulder went up and the rest of my body went down cuz his weight was on me and it was it was very weird it was
1: like acc- accidental freak accident
2: yeah i should have rested longer before i trained again i had just fought 18 hours previously but because i beat the dude in like 40 seconds i was like i'm fucking fine you know but i was super dehydrated most likely oh, as, you know, fuck. which is why it happened.
0: My ex-boyfriend did something similar. And isn't there no way to put a cast on it? You have to just like put it in a sling and let it heal.
2: Yeah, 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 for sure. I mean, and that's basically what happened. And unfortunately, you, when something like that happens, you hope it rips.
0: Oh, you hope it rips. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Because then they can reattach it and keep it short. Mine's stretched. So now I have like, like what's called like, you know, like a slap in my shoulder a little bit because there's just like slack in it.
0: That makes sense.
2: So you wish that it. I wished it would have ripped, because then I could have been like, it, be they would reattach it. Insurance would cover it, no fucking problem. Versus like overstretching and micro tears and just massive trauma. <laughs> you know.
0: Was that the most painful thing that's ever happened to you, or no?
2: It wasn't even painful.
0: Oh, okay. No, it wasn't. It, it oh was. It My God. It happened,
2: yeah, it happened so fast. I was just like, uh, uh, You know, I like look at my shoulder. It's like sitting out here. Oh fuck. And it, I like was kind of like on my like side, you know, and I like rolled over and I went, huh? and it went, Puck. and I was just like, Oh, what the fuck? And my coach comes over. He goes, like, hold on. And he pushes on it just a little harder and it gets one hard pop that he was not supposed to do. So I ended up having like some like tendon issues because he reset it without having like an MRI. You're supposed to have that shit checked before you reset stuff to make sure tendons are in the right spots, yada, yada, yada. So every time I do this, there's like a nice little flapping, You know, in my shoulder, it's just like a little. You know, you can feel like the tendon flick over my acromion process. Is what I speculate is happening. But yeah, I mean, it was that's what that's what happened. I had this massive conscious awakening. Emotional trauma is held in your fascia, right? So your body holds on to all this, and this is something that I was talking about almost 13 years ago now, and I kind of stumbled upon like Moshe Feldenkrais and some other really incredible authors that kind of like peaked at that idea. But now with even more modern science, we even understand that on a deeper level, how fascia's is 99. They're still of, just scratching the surface on all that stuff. For, for sure, for sure. And when that amount of trauma happened, I remembered in my shoulder, it took me a while till I put it together years later, is that shoulder was also the shoulder that I hurt right around the time my brother died. I was working for a landscape company and I was pounding these tree posts in and I ended up partially tearing my rotator cuff on that left side. And all the emotion just kept building into that left side, into that shoulder. And when I got hurt, it just went, it was like the motion was trying to get out, which is ultimately what I believe happened. I don't believe it had anything to do with impact. I don't believe it had anything to do with a suplex. I think I probably could have opened a door that day the wrong way and my shoulder would have exploded. Like it would have found a way to come out. That's like how powerful it felt. And at that moment, I knew fighting was over. Everybody's like, oh, you can heal, you'll be better. I'm like, no, like I have no inclination to fight within a matter of seconds. You were just done. I knew I was done. Every part of me like had left. I like woke up and I literally thought to myself, have i just been watching what i've been doing for the last five years like i was just viewing myself doing these things like i never felt pain that's
0: called disassociation oh, it's from trauma
2: yeah 100 percent you were
0: you had dissociated from yourself and well, it you sounds were like your, your brother
1: yourself. passed and you went right into this world of violence you know that totally you don't seem like you're actually like you said a violent person you're
2: yeah just, you're no. just in it yeah Totally, no. I at one hundred percent. I was I disassociated for so long that I basically consciously woke up when my shoulder exploded, and I was like, "Where the fuck am I?"
0: That is wild. I, this is a real thing, by the way, that people no, I, should look into with trauma, a disassociation. It's when you you almost delusion yourself and you disassociate from everything. Oh
2: yeah, I struggled with imposter syndrome. I because every once in a while, I'd consciously wake up in like this world that I created where I was Adam the professional fighter and nobody could hurt me, right? From like the person that lost so much in his life. And uh, all of a sudden when my shoulder exploded, I'm like, "Holy fuck, like what happened? Like why did I do this to myself? Like even some of my tattoos, I was like, "Huh. That's interesting. Like why did I get that?" You know, what I mean, it's just it was like silly. It For was a like,
1: moment of clarity.
2: Oh yeah. It wasn't like regret either. It was kind of like, "Who did this to me?"
0: That is wild. That's actual true dissociation. Has yeah. anyone as a therapist or anything ever told you that? That's like what you're describing.
2: No. Uh, books, but, you know, books, yeah. podcasts, mushrooms. Like I've, I've done enough psychedelics to do the work and like understand that what I went through. I had a therapist when I was really young because I had ADHD and they tried like, you know, drugging me all the damn time to keep me calm and shit. My therapist was so cool. Shout out to Dr. Crisco if he's still alive. I'm not sure. He's a, a big d- listener. Yeah. yeah. Hey, he was awesome, man. He would do martial arts with me for like an hour and talk about stuff, you know, and that was it. We'd just move around and he'd put on like sparring gear and let me hit him, you know, and like, we'd like smack each other with foam noodles and stuff and, you know, just, you know, talk. So I kind of, I understood how to deal with my issues. is it required movement and, and vocalization, you know, and I just talk about it. People like you, podcasts. I mean, effectively, I was lucky enough to make something of like this tragedy that I've experienced in my life and to have an ability to jump on opportunities, podcasts, to talk about it that not only helps me, but helps other people.
0: After your whole shoulder incident happened, was there any kind of substance abuse because of everything you'd been through?
2: No, I mean, I've always smoked a lot of weed. Can you abuse weed? Sure. Why not? I don't know. It's a, it's a debate. debate I feel like,
0: I feel like there's gray area of everything. I mean, I smoke
2: weed probably like twice a day. So, and I've done so since I was like 18, 19.
0: I mean, listen, I know a lot of people that it works for.
2: I remember reading an article about the guy that started WeWorks and, you know, like with the whole like Ponzi scheme and whatever, you know, they were like talking about in this magazine. And they're like, and the investors were seriously upset when they found out he was smoking weed over international waters. And I was like, damn, his investors would be really pissed off at me. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, if they knew what I did on international waters. Yeah. So, I mean, no drug use. I've had clo- a couple clo- close calls. I was like, you dumb fucker. Like, have, do you not know? Like, you know,
0: what do you mean? A couple close calls.
2: The New Year's. The first New Year's I was celebrating with my wife after we got married. were uh, like, oh, let's do some hippie flips. So mushrooms and mushrooms and Molly. Okay. And I was super dehydrated. I was training really hard at the time. I took an Adderall earlier that morning. I was prescribed it.
0: The right? Adderall is what fucks everyone. You mix well, that in with the stuff, huh?
2: I never, I never did that. It wasn't for recreational use. I was never one of those people that's like, oh, I'm going to take an Adderall so I can get a bunch of shit done. It was like I was given Adderall to study and do stuff like I was prescribed it for years. And I hadn't taken it in a long time. And I took it that day because I had a lot of shit to do for work. And I was like, I got to focus. Like my brain I took it at like 9 a.m. Well, at like 11 o'clock, we're like hippie flipping. I'm like, one minute I'm drinking orange juice. The next minute I'm waking up thinking I'm drowning, laying on the bathroom floor and it smacked my head on the toilet so hard I broke the toilet seat and earrings. I had like plugs, like I used to have like, you know, uh, plugs in my ears, literally like jumped out of my ears. Like I hit my head just so from the hard impact. just from the impact. They said I was like foaming at the mouth and just shaking. So that was pretty wild. So that was an experience enough to realize that drugs like that are not my friend. I had like another one similar, but it wasn't, you know, like that, you know, I wasn't like, Oh, I'm taking multiple drugs. It was like, I took one drug and I was dehydrated again, you know, just, going too hard always pushing people um,
1: listen to this show and like they've they've heard us be hard on Adderall use and I think and it, the,
2: it is disgusting PS well, like there's that's a whole part of my story the,
1: and the reason we, you know we've had people like Dr Amon on the show say like for the right people the right prescription it makes it's a medication obviously it's, it's to be used as such personally Lauren and I have a handful of friends some that aren't with us anymore that mixed Adderall with other hard substances and they didn't even they didn't think like the two and two were gonna affect each other and it like you said it can go the other way fast
0: yeah we also have friends that have taken Adderall with mixed it with a bunch of different shit and they're alive and they have severe brain problems now I think it's like if you need if you need it and you're being supervised for a doctor it's one thing I think it becomes a problem when people abuse it.
1: Well, to your point though, you took it in the morning, you didn't even think that it would have a connection that far away later in the evening, right? And yeah. it definitely does because it stays in your system. And, you know, we've had even a lot of our friends, I remember I went back to me and my buddy, we're going to work construction one summer and he had, we had to do drug tests and he had taken Adderall to study and he came back, tested positive for meth and they're like, we're not hiring you. At, but it was he wasn't taking meth; he was taking Adderall, which I guess registers on the
2: test. Yeah, methamphetamine. I, like, I uh-huh. mean, I, I mean, it's
1: it's powerful shit.
0: You said that you had an experience with it. What was your experience like?
2: Well, I mean, I was, man, I was prescribed it. I was like the founding class of Ritalin. Uh, you know, I mean, so first grade, I'd get a, I'd get an announcement over the loudspeaker. Oh Jesus! Yeah, come to the come to the office to take your pill. I forgot about those announcements. it's literally like that's what they would say: come to the office to take your pill. So then I became like the black sheep in my school because like the teacher told them that I'd take special pills because I'm hyper. And it's funny, that same year, I ended up testing up two grades and they ended up having to put me in like third grade from like first grade.
1: You're so focused.
2: Well, it was it was like, I, you know, I was in challenge and then, then they like ended up putting me back down. It was kind of interesting. Like I went through some weird stuff in school. My experiences with with Ritalin was at a very young age, I spoke to myself somewhere and was like, prescription drugs are not good, right? Like I knew something was going on inside when I would take them that I did not like the way I felt, it was not making me, right? And I was—I knew it was directly prescription medication, just like how I knew that it was bad, food, what foods it was that was making my parents and my sisters overweight or what foods made me feel a certain way. I, I started having this really strong internal voice around my health. Right around the 12-year-old age when I got that giant stack of Iron Man magazines, there was a study in there about caffeine and neurotransmitters. And they talked about L-tyrosine and L-theanine as incredible neurotransmitters to be combined with caffeine. So I have a paper out, and we would always stop and my dad would get me a donut and, and he would get himself a coffee. And one morning I said, get me a coffee. And I drank coffee that morning instead of my Ritalin. It was within about a week my mom went to like Walgreens and I went and checked and found the nature made brand from Walgreens, found L-theanine capsules and I started dumping L-theanine capsules inside my coffee at 12 years old.
0: Holy shit. That is like a story and how you have this brand. Yeah. Wow. That is wow. So you made like nature's Adderall.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and and that's effectively what it is. I mean, we need you know, an amphetamine, an upper, right, to stimulate. And then you need dopamine and serotonin to regulate the norepinephrine and the ephedrine that your body is creating. So it will effectively give you a very strong focus feeling. And the other, there's another ingredient in there that supports cognitive function that has actual clinical studies that obviously didn't exist when I was. You know, 12 years old, but it was a rudimentary thought process on how I could make myself focus through a natural ingredient and just an amino acid.
0: So did you meet your wife before you launched your company?
2: I did. Yeah. So after fighting, I moved out to LA. Uh, and for, is
0: this before you're on strong or after?
2: So this is before strong. Okay. Go so ahead. Yeah. So I moved out to LA. LA was like the place for me it, it quickly. It was like in two days I had like 12 auditions. I was like, going from here to here. It was wild. I got a job at Pulse Fitness, which was like the studio in Sherman Oaks. It was like the, it was Pulse or Barry's Boot camp. And this was like 13 years ago. So, I mean, it was like the place, right? All the actresses are hanging out there and that was my life. I was, you know.
0: Did you hook up with any actresses? Don't lie.
2: I mean, yes. What does it yeah. rhyme with? I mean, yes, what, yeah. is,
0: <laughs> what does it rhyme with?
2: I wouldn't say that she's an actress, but she's a, a fitness celebrity in person. So
0: Okay. So you guys yeah. have to yeah think hard who is a big fitness celebrity in person.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. She was a character with pink hair one time on a on a show, if that helps you.
0: Jackie Warner?
2: No. 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 Uh, so, <laughs> so, Did you look up with Jackie Warner too? No. <laughs> <laughs> so so I'm, I'm in LA. I get a big break. I ended up getting this awesome commercial. First, I had this audition for World, Biggest Loser. They were like, we love you. It's just not right. And I, so I'm like, all right, cool.
1: And you were pursuing television opportunities at this time.
2: The whole reason that when I got done fighting, how I justified all the time that I put into it is I was like, this world's going to take off. Like this whole, like looking for tough guys that are good looking with tattoos is going to be a real thing. Like, because it was a bunch of phonies pretending to be tough yeah, and that you could tell when people aren't tough. It's like, oh, that's just a soft ass dude pretending to be a tough guy, right? Versus like a tough guy who can act and looks like a tough guy. You know, you can't fake cauliflower ears. You yeah. know, like different things like that that you. What's want. that
1: meme again? Where it's like you get like the it's uh what's it called? It's Jack Nicholson smiling and laughing. Is like when I see the guy across the bar picking, getting ready to pick the fight with the guy with the cauliflower ears. It's like, <laughs> it's like, oh fuck,
2: wrong guy, dude. Wrong guy, dude. Yeah. I'm on this set shooting a commercial. You know, I, I have all these people interested in me. And I get a text message from my sister that my dad has cancer. She's like, call me up. She's like, Dad just got back from some tests, and his blood, his, you know, T cell counts are, you know, all off and blast and where, blast where sites. Are you two at this point are you
1: and your dad's a relationship.
2: <sighs> Pretending that like he's like not an asshole and that like I'm okay with him, but like really I'm only seeing him maybe once every like six months. And I talk to him maybe like once a week, when I call, when I'd be calling my mom, and
1: quickly because I forgot to ask, we've been going like so far, so many places. Yeah, yeah. When yeah. your brother passed, what does that do to your parents?
0: Ever since I can remember, I have liked a pop of shimmer in the inner corners of my eyes. First of all, I feel like it pinches my nose in. And second of all, it brightens the whites of my eyes and my teeth. And I feel like I've been talking about this since I started the Skinny Confidential blog. After stocking tons of different products, I found this thing. It's called the Brilliant Eye Brightener. And it's a cream to powder highlighter stick. And what I do is I take it and, like I said, put it right at the tips of my eye, pinching the nose in. It's so major. It's by Thrive Cosmetics. And what it does is it gives you like this look like you've had plenty of sleep. And it also is like the perfect wash of color and glow. The color is right. Thrive Cosmetics is a high performance beauty and skincare line that's made with clean skin loving ingredients. I used to use a shimmer that had a bunch of stuff added but the one I use now, it has no parabens, no sulfates, and it's also 100% vegan and cruelty free. What's also cool is it doesn't have a bunch of added shit in it and every purchase supports organizations that help women thrive. So what's cool is every product you're donating back and then you're also wearing your champagne pop in the inner lids of the corners of your eyes. It's amazing. Now is a great time to try Thrive Cosmetics for yourself. Right now, you can get 15% off your first order when you visit thrivecosmetics.com slash skinny. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C A U S E M E T I C S dot com slash skinny for 15% off your first order. Get the eye brightener. Trust me.
2: I would say that my mom and dad did a pretty good job of like, like they were very good there for each other. Yeah. Yeah. I would say that for any parent, you know, whoever has to go through like losing you know, a kid, if you have other kids, you have to acknowledge the fact that they may be in pain too. And you should really think about how to make sure that they're okay as well, while also taking care of yourself. Cause I never got a once, are you okay? You know, and to be only 22 and have your brother die. And for nobody to ever ask you, are you okay with, you know, like, are you good? It sounds like
0: your family didn't ask that though your whole childhood too.
2: No, it really wasn't. Like yeah, it sounds any, like
0: no one was checking if you were okay.
2: Yeah. I mean, and they all had like their own shit. Like my sister was overweight and was dealing with like, you know, she had bulimia or anorexia, you know, cause she kind of like struggled with some eating disorders here and there, you know, Gretchen struggled with her, you know, education and like, would she graduate high school kind of stuff? And, you know, it was always a thing. And then she got pregnant, like when she was like 20 or, you know, 21, something, you know, very young, you know, for her and like where she was in her life. So everybody kind of always had their own thing. And when my brother died, they all had their own significant others i didn't have that so it was like they all just like turn their head and their shoulders to their significant others and cry to them but like i didn't have that you know i mean like my own friends miss my brother's funeral you know or it'd be like to this day they still don't know that i'm pissed off at him for it but i
0: he's pissed (laughs) off yeah 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 for sure i'm pissed off he's pissed off yeah
2: yeah you You don't miss you don't miss your homie's brother's funeral and your dad's and their dad's funeral i
0: think people are extremely uncomfortable dealing with death I agree. And I think that it's one of those things that you can't expect someone to understand unless unless they've been through it.
2: 100%.
0: You know, and that's, I mean, I, I guess you have to come from it with empathy. You just have to come and be like empathetic to the fact that they maybe haven't lost someone and they don't understand because totally. I don't know if you can describe how it feels to lose someone who's close to
2: you. To- yeah, 100%. I mean, like, it's interesting. Like, am I pissed that somebody didn't show up for me when I needed it? Yes. Do I hold it against them? No, because I know everybody has their own issues and their own experiences. Like some, like I remember not wanting to watch a movie that my wife really wanted to watch. Cause I did not want to watch a main character deal with alcoholism.
0: Huh?
2: Right. Cause like, I just didn't feel like fucking dealing with that at that moment. I'm sorry. I do not feel like watching Brett, whatever, you know, lady Gaga movie that whatever the star is born. Right. I didn't feel like watching that movie because he deals with alcohol issues and shit. The whole movie and i'm like that's just like a trigger i don't feel like playing with you know at this people moment people got
1: really like irritated with me in my own life when i i, I didn't enjoy that movie
0: Oh, oh! Just going a side note, that I'm sorry. I just didn't little
2: know. side note: It soundtrack's good.
1: Soundtrack's great. Yeah. I didn't
0: like the movie either. I just didn't find fuck it.
1: that movie. Yeah, like, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I know people. I, I, listen, I, the, what are the, the little monsters are going to fucking get me now. But,
0: but you know, I just I was you're like canceled. You're canceled. Oh, they, they
1: didn't, that's happened many times.
0: <laughs> so when your sister calls you and tells you that your father has cancer, one: were you expecting to hear it from your father? Or and two: what did what did that bring up from you for your childhood?
2: Full on truth. I finished that photo shoot. I went to my tattoo artist. I said, yo, man, I got to go. I'm like, can you do the tattoo tonight? And he's like, fuck, dude, I'm exhausted. I'm like, I have some Coke. I literally had the smallest amount on me from like a client. I
0: can see why you and Khalil are friends. That's all I'm going to say. Mid th- Midway through this podcast, I'm going to sit here and acknowledge Khalil. <laughs> I can see why you and Khalil are friends. It's because you guys are absolutely fucking unfiltered. It's, Not a, good if- thing we,
1: it's a good thing we mentioned Khalil again, because he's probably listening to this and almost turned it off. without He just being got listening. hard right <laughs> now. <laughs> he's, he's bad, he's bad. He just turned the volume back up. He just turned it. He's like, like, oh, wait, this has got better. He just turned <laughs> so the so table. Just- like, listen, do you hear that?
0: I love how like in 2020 like everyone or whatever the year is (laughs) 22 Everyone's like realness on like unfiltered like no you and Khalil are really unfiltered
2: I always have been
0: okay. I love it. I'm obsessed with it Okay, so you tell the tattoo artist. I have some coke.
2: Yeah, I mean he was like I'm exhausted (laughs) I'm like I have some coke. He's like let's do this (laughs) so in the middle of my tattoo my car is loaded I literally, I, I drive this Toyota Yaris back then, right? And my whole life fit in this bitch. It was hilarious. Like literally like a bike, like sticking out the window. So we finished up and we probably did just like a little too much. Cause there was, you know, and I'm like, I'm good. Well, I get this phone call from my buddy and he's like, Hey, we're in Vegas. How far is LA? I was like close enough to drive. I got in my car, drove to Vegas. It's probably like 10 o'clock at night, drove to Vegas, got to Vegas around like three in the morning. You know, two thirty in the morning, something like that. Partied for twenty four hours, and then drove the rest rest of the way home. No hookers. No hookers. What's up with you and the hookers, Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. I feel
0: like uh, the reason I can ask him, I feel like he'll tell me the truth. No, no,
2: no, no hookers, no hookers. I, I mean, I don't have to pay for sex. I mean, shit.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Everyone's googling you right now. He's married.
2: Yeah, no, no hookers. Um, but it was it was cool. You know, moved back, surprised my mom and dad at breakfast. I went and took like a four hour nap woke up and I was like dad uh, I'm exhausted could you drive me downtown I need to get a job you know I went from making like 75 80,000 a year being a union electrician I had all these great sponsorships with fighting so I like never had to pay for shit now I'm like looking at like 12 an hour jobs I, I chose between two jobs be a manager at the buckle or be a doorman at this high-end place and this whiskey spot and I chose that spot two weeks later I met my wife I met my first business investor. I made a name for myself.
0: How'd you meet your wife?
2: She was the hostess with the mostest.
0: Did you you like her right away?
2: I was not looking for anything. So no.
0: None of you guys are looking for stuff. We have to listen. No, no guys are looking (laughs) for stuff until they find the person that is right.
2: Yeah, I, because of what I was going through, I really felt that Milwaukee was just a pit stop. Hmm. So I didn't want to get connected to anything that, and I know my heart w- w- would be open to that.
0: And you also were getting laid a lot.
2: Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, I e- love e- guys e- are so
0: <laughs> funny. They come on here talking my about heart. their heart. <sighs> you guys, come on, come on, yeah, come yeah. on. You actually, got,
2: actually, I will say you got to
0: read the crowd. You were getting laid a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just came from Vegas on a Coke bender with your tattoo (laughs) artist. I don't know about your heart. I I feel like there was other things. My heart was closed (laughs) off at this moment.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Maybe I was just dead inside. Um, Yeah, no, you know, I just was not, I was not emotionally fully there. I think it was wild. Like, I, I, of course, saw her and thought she was really pretty. And she was so sweet. Like, and she had, like, all these, like, you know, she's got this massive smile, like very big smile. And I'm a big smile, big nose guy. Like I like noses that are bigger, like, and she's got like a bigger nose, you know? And like, and I was just like, thought, I'm like, Oh shit. Like she's really cute. But like nothing about me was like, you should approach that one because I work there and I'm like, I, I try to follow some form of professionalism and two, I just wasn't emotionally there. Well, I think within like a couple of weeks, she like came up to me. She like went up to the nightclub upstairs and came down drunk and was like, you're an idiot. And I'm like, oh, really? Do tell.
0: You're like, marry me.
2: <laughs> and she's like, she's like, I fucking like you. And she's like, you don't even pay attention. And I'm like, well, I'm paying attention right now. You know? And I told her I was cleaning downstairs. You want to come downstairs and hang out with me while I clean for a little bit? And uh, we ended up kissing. That's it. But two weeks later, we hooked up for the first time. And like three months later, we were married.
0: You were like, she had a massive... I thought you were gonna say boobs, then you're like (laughs) smile and a big nose. I was like, thought you were gonna say big tits, not a, and not a
2: big nose. You know, yeah, it's she's like, you listening. Know, I yeah, bet yeah, her yeah. nose no, is
0: perfect. It is
2: perfect. Yeah.
1: It's when perfect. I saw Lauren, she had massive tits,
0: and I <laughs> and you were
1: like, I thought to myself,
0: "You, this is true. You thought I was a substitute teacher." <laughs> and I was like,
1: "All right, here we go."
0: I did have massive tits at twelve. What, what do you want me to say? You know what though? You have a daughter now, so be careful what you oh, wish for, buddy. I know. I know yeah. That's
1: a great equalizer. The daughters.
2: It is. It is. It is. Yeah. I, I mean, so I met my wife, and she was uh, she was twenty. I was twenty nine. That's Still, a yeah, great age so difference, good. though. Yeah, no, it was it was great. It's just what not something I was totally expecting, and all within like six months, we got married. We opened up a gym. My gym was voted like the best gym in Milwaukee. It grew. We outgrew three spaces. We went from a twelve hundred square foot to a six thousand square foot space in two and a half years. I starred in a movie, and she was the makeup artist. Yeah, what's the movie? It's called uh, it's called the Breakout. It was called Blunt Force when it originally was being produced. Uh, I got stuck in post production. I could show you guys like a little clip.
0: It wasn't a Star Is Born. Thank God! No,
2: no, it wasn't the stars born, but it was interesting. And he's it was fucked
1: like, up, huh?
0: I,
2: like, yeah, I hate
1: that movie. He's like that's the movie. I was like, oh, that's sure. the movie.
2: I pulled my orange. Turned the it pitches. off right before you came on. Yeah. No, we uh, we spent a month like it was a month of our life, and this was this was like a big life changing month. It was a month of our life. It was all it was December. It was our second year of being married. My dad was getting you know sicker, like like leukemia it was just constantly chewing away at him. And me and my dad had really worked on our relationship. Funny enough, I hired him as my maintenance man. And I would break shit just to make him show up and work. So I had a reason to like connect with him. I'd be like, I literally like grab a shelf and be like, I haven't seen my dad in a week. And I'd like break the shelf off the wall and he'd have to come in and like patch the drywall up. And I'd be like, yeah, fucking ball hit it.
0: That you know. is a way though to keep, I think older people's brain stimulated is to keep them working.
2: Totally. Yeah. He retired and with like cancer, he was clearly like feeling helpless in certain ways. So yeah. I wanted him to feel you know, like he had a purpose. They gave him like a year. He stayed, a, he was around for, you know, almost three and a half years.
1: And did you ever get to the point with him where he could acknowledge some of the things he did to you when you were a kid?
2: Not really, but he at least could acknowledge the person I that I've become, despite his lack of love in certain areas. Like he, he
1: was proud of you.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. There's certain things I did with him. Like I took last time before he died, I was like, maybe like 13. We took me to a baseball game. And he got like free tickets from work or something like that. And I jumped up to cheer and my, like I jumped up and my elbow hit him in the face or the glasses or something like that. And he like pulls me in, pulls my arm down, you know, rips me back in the seat and says, if I do it again, he'll fucking kill me. And it's like, I'm just like trying to cheer at a baseball game. I think it was like maybe like three and a half months before he died. I took him to a Brewers game and like we went to another baseball game and I made sure that I didn't hit him in the face with my elbow, but <laughs> sometimes I look
0: at, at like when you're talking about your dad, like I wonder what his dad or parents, Well,
2: oh, his dad was a piece of shit,
0: did to him. but it was like, because a, that's learned behavior, like
2: massive, a massive provider, you know, money, blah, blah, blah. Certainly like a control freak. Like he, his dad, check this out. His dad thought my mom and dad should only have two kids. Cause that's the perfect number of children. So when my mom had a third kid, he stopped talking to my mom for over 25 years. That's a
1: fucking weird mentality.
2: Very weird. So he died at 96 on my birthday. I say all the time that he died on my birthday to spite me. Like he was literally like that old of a fuck and he was living with us at the time. He'd just walk around in his like little janitor outfit and he like, (laughs) would just like cause chaos around the house the last like two years of his life that he was alive. And uh I remember him chopping down at my one of my dad's apple trees in the backyard. And my dad's like, What the fuck are you doing? Like that tree was alive. My grandpa's was like, I'm gonna take a nap. And then he that was my birthday, he didn't wake up.
0: <laughs> it, I mean, it is wow. true. This yeah. is so cliche to say, but it is true. Like, hurt people hurt people.
2: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, my dad was definitely hurt. And that's why, like, in the end, I wasn't mad at him anymore. Cause like I knew that if I held on to that. And I didn't like let it go. And I didn't try to help him. And my wife helped him so much. Like I, I will say like I owe so much to my wife for helping him as much as she did because I couldn't because like I was still mad at him. Yeah. In certain ways. And I wasn't getting the closure I needed at certain ways. And I was also super busy. Like I mean, I took on everything like I was. I would be bartending till two in the morning Friday through Sunday. I would teach classes at 5 a.m., 6 a.m., 4 p.m., 5 p.m., 6 p.m., Monday through Friday. And my I got reached out to and you know like probably like a year into our relationship with my wife, maybe like 6 months, something like my cousin Jeffrey Brezevoir. Do you know Milo Manheim? The dancer kid, Disney star like dances with the stars, all that stuff. So his dad is my cousin and he like reaches out to me and I never met him before. He's like, "You look just like me. How tall are you?" He's like, "Well, I'm like 6'3." I'm like, oh shit, I'm only 5'11". I'm like, apparently I didn't get the the tall jeans, you know? He's like, I want to introduce you to some people in New York. Within like three months, I lost 30 pounds of muscle. And I was shooting in New York with like some of the biggest names in New York and fashion modeling.
0: This is when you walked the runway with Gigi Hadid at Versace.
2: Yeah. So I actually, I didn't walk the runway. I did a seven day photo shoot with her. How was that? It was incredible. I mean, Gigi was so, so sweet. So
0: professional, right? Huh?
2: super professional. I have some really funny, we, I have some funny stories about her. So, I mean, we, so yeah, I mean, I, I start modeling and almost seemingly like some, some shit popped off, like Mark Jacobs, like Amphar, like some cool stuff, made a cover of like a magazine, uh, Harper's Bazaar, like shot me, like all these like really cool things. And then I died out for like two years, like nothing happened. Then I could just get this call from Versace. They're like, X a day, X days. I'm always supposed to be there for two. They love me. Bruce Weber loved me so much. Then he ended up keeping me for six days. So they're like, hey, you're the only one that like looks a certain way. We're going to have you paired with Gigi Hadid. They're like, you know, can you work with her on punching you in the face? (laughs) You know, and I'm like, yeah, sure. Like we'll get the timing right. You know, and we do this whole photo shoot where like she, her and I are like, tussling and she like grabs me by the face and then she kisses me.
0: Hold on. You and her are tussling. Are you married at this point? What's your I am married at this point. Uh, is your wife loving that you're tussling with Gigi Hadid? Like what the fuck does tussling mean? Yeah,
2: we're wrestling. We're wrestling. Yeah. So so <laughs> like, on oh, my shoulder, <laughs> yeah, oh, it hurts. It hurts. Uh, get off me. Um, no, sit back on me. Um, <laughs> just kidding. Um, Canceled <laughs> again. Um, they're like, Hey, work with Gigi. I'm like, cool. And because I ended up working with Gigi, they ended up extending my days. It was amazing. I mean, Gigi did this whole, we did this whole scene where she like throws one, two, she like kicks at me and I like block it. And then she grabs my face and she kisses me and then looks at me and just throws a, a hook well the thing was is they really wanted to catch that hook connection like they actually wanted her to like hit my face so i had to like time the snap right well the thing is is for the last six months she had been taking boxing lessons so she actually kind of knew how to turn her hip oh fuck which kind of created a problem because she actually connected like three times so they ended up bringing an acupuncturist in her, like, acupuncturist, and they ended up doing acupuncture on my face and her hand because she ended up like swelling up her whole hand, hitting my temple. And I had like just like a little bruise. Well, Bruce Weber, being the artist he is, sees all these needles out of my face and is like, Can you put 20 more in his body? So then they're just taking photos with acupuncture needles just sporadically throughout my whole body in underwear. And none of them were like actually put in meridians or positive points or anything. So my arms started getting all numb.
0: <laughs> so like, you come home to your wife that day and you're like, hey, I
2: was going for five days in New York by myself. Gigi indeed tried
0: to hit me three times and then she made out with me. And then afterwards we got naked and put needles all over our body.
2: Yeah, that's about right.
0: Okay. And we tussled.
2: And I have the photo proof to show it. Um... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was pretty cool. I got to shoot with some incredible models there. The coolest thing is that me and Donatella Versace became friends. It's so cool. I'm actually wearing the underwear she gave me.
0: Can you bring her on the podcast with both of you together?
2: I could reach out to her.
0: Please. That's a a tall ass, Lauren. Yeah, that that is is a a tall ass, but I could ask
2: her. Yeah. Both
0: of them on the podcast together. If you
1: can't get her on the podcast, will you just get her to gift me some underwear, please? Yes, okay. I could definitely. Okay. Do I'll, that. Be, I'll settle for underwear.
2: I'll okay. uh, I'll see if I can find my photos for you guys of her and I hanging out at lunch.
0: Please do. We'll post it on the Instagram feed when this goes live.
2: Yeah, yeah. So she's absolutely sweet. Her and I are sitting next together, n- next to each other. Eating at at lunch during this photo shoot and she's like asking me these questions and it's borderline hitting on me, right? She tells me how good I would look in this suit and she like brings me in the back. She shows me the suit, gives me like a $10,000 suit, has her guy like fully tailor it to me. I probably won't fit it again until I'm like 70 because like it'll take that long to lose the muscle that I've gained since that photo shoot because I was about Eight pounds, nine pounds lighter, and just much thinner in certain areas. Yeah. We're talking and hanging out. And she's like, She's like, You're a dad. She's like, That's wonderful. And she's like, Show me a picture of your kid. And first photo I show her, it's me holding my daughter in my hand like this. And she would like stand in my hand. She's like, Your daughter can just do that. And I'm like, Yeah, totally. And she's like, Would you like to be the face of Versace with your daughter? And I'm like, What? And so I'm pulling up this photo. We're like.
0: While you're pulling the photo up, there's a tattoo on your wedding finger of a wedding ring. Yes. Did your wife do that right after the Gigi? No, no,
2: no. This is actually before I got married. It was kind of like a uh, a no fly list. It was like. What does that mean? I wasn't looking for any commitment. Like it was me committing to myself.
0: Got it. Got it. Got it. Yeah. And then your wife came along.
2: Yeah. So this is me and my daughter shooting Versace.
0: That is so cool. You have to frame this. Is this in your daughter's room?
2: Yeah, we have we actually kept like all the clothes that she has. That's just like one of the photos. Actually, I can show you the Gigi id one you, too.
0: You are in this picture thinner, huh?
2: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's like I, I do mod like I have workouts that are specifically for when I want to model. You're in um, trouble with your daughter. Oh, I know. She's gorgeous.
0: You're in big trouble. You
2: know what's crazy is she's tall too. So my wife is about five nine. She's very pretty. Yeah. And her mom is 6'2". So height, there is a height thing. But here's actually me and Gigi Hadid. I'm actually holding ice on my face after she punched me. They had her like sit next to me while I held ice on my face. And
0: uh, <laughs> you've lived an interesting life, man.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that's just the. That's I know just we're the, not
0: even there yet.
2: Yeah, that's just the first couple of years.
0: We're we're at the foreplay of it all. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Totally.
0: <laughs> During it's,
1: all of this, when when does this come into play? Here's the thing: you do enough shows on keeping your gut clean, your microbiome. <laughs> all of these natural and organic ways to live your life. And your wife's going to go a little crazy. And what she's going to do is she's going to rip out all the cleaning supplies. She's going to throw everything out. She's going to go and just rid the house of everything. But don't worry. She's going to replace it all. And she's going to replace it with better stuff.
0: Grove Collaborative changed my life. So what happened was when I got pregnant, I got even more psycho about my products. I wanted to reduce plastics around my home And I also wanted to get concentrated cleaners and refillable glass bottles. They're friendlier for the planet. I wanted to micromanage all the formulas in my house. I wanted to keep things safe. I have Zaza, who's tiny, running around. I have a new baby. And then I have two Chihuahuas that are so close to the floor. And I've learned a lot about little dogs recently, and it's important what you're cleaning your floor with, what you're cleaning your bathroom with, these things that they're breathing in every day.
1: Here's the thing. People are weird. They're weird about brands they grow up with, and they got this weird nostalgic feeling for these brands, these chemical brands that aren't doing us any good. And to me, I started thinking about this. I'm like, why am I attached to these old household names that are doing nothing but causing problems for my microbiome, my gut, my digestion, my kid, my pets? Grove is a no-brainer, right? It's better for the planet. It's plastic-free. And I've learned it could be twice as effective as traditional household brands.
0: If you have kids or dogs that are super close to the floor, breathing it in, this is even more important. You are going to go to grove.com skinny today to get a free gift set worth up to $50 with your first order. This is such a fun way to make over everything you use for household cleaner. You should know that the shipping is fast and free. Get started right now at grove.com skinny. That's grove.com skinny.
2: So my daughter is born, my first daughter, Azalea.
1: And when I say this for people listening, it's strong coffee. Strong, strong coffee, coffee. Yeah.
2: Okay. yeah. So my daughter is born and it's probably like one of the greatest like i mean it's one of the greatest i mean it's the greatest moment in my life up to this point i have my first daughter i remember when she came out i just looked at my wife and i was like she's beautiful like it was this this like moment that i couldn't connect with while she was pregnant that it was real until it was real i
1: think right? that's common for a lot of men i i huh. i share that experience <sighs> yeah. because you we, the,
0: uh,
2: Wait until you have a second kid. Okay. There's another interesting thing that comes up. You know that, what, I'm gonna, uh, that I'll explain. Please to
0: you. explain it. But let me tell you one thing. Yesterday, this motherfucker on the way to the appointment. <laughs> well, this is not about
2: me.
1: This is about you. Well, you are a motherfucker. Six so thousand years
0: pregnant, and he goes oh i can't figure out i'm just feeling slightly fatigued <laughs> i was i was trying to,
1: well I, was, I did all this nad yesterday I was like, Look, oh, I was I see <laughs> I was, he's well, still committed I was thinking, to it I was thinking, literally I was
0: like, no one fucking cares how you, you know feel I think, no one in the room
1: i've talked to the i think I, my cells are going through fission instead of fusion oh no i have to hear about, about his cells <laughs> I'm,
0: I'm over here building lips and eyebrows and he's talking about like his cell have you like, done nad
1: have you done it before Yes. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. you know, okay. Anyway, just shut up. <laughs> what's the,
0: what's the, well, let's go off on a tangent for one second before we get into what he just asked you. What's the weird thing about the second?
2: Mm. Uh, <laughs> you want to talk about that now first? Just really yeah, quick. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. So the f- hardest thing about having an, uh, a second kid is not only are you disconnected from like the, the rearing of like the child, like, like the, like the developing it, right? Because you yeah. don't have that, yeah, yeah, of course, that empathetic connection. You how are you ever going to love anything as much, he's he's having, as, much as much as you love your first kid?
0: It's having this problem. I'm not let, having a problem, let
2: alone, let alone still loving this one. Right? Like it starts like you, start so like to, you have what? Lauren, oh, oh, you have your second oh, kid. Oh,
0: you guys feel overwhelmed. No, it's not
2: overwhelming. Oh. No, it's actually not overwhelming. It's, not overwhelming. it's, it's overwhelming. actually it. guilt. You actually I feel guilt that I may somehow not like this kid. So
0: He should feel guilt that he put me through. Hold up.
2: Lauren, calm down. <laughs> this take, a breath. Breath. <laughs>
1: take, take a deep breath. Well, not a deep breath because Huberman said you have to take a breath. And then another one. Um, no, I was saying to her the other day, I was like, it's a weird thing to connect with because you uh, exactly what you said. I was like, I wonder how I'll love something as much because it's almost like you can't fathom that there's an ability to love something more than you already love the first child.
2: Yeah. I mean, that carried through for like the first six months that my second daughter was born. Like I really didn't like, I didn't like, like her oh. in like a weird way.
0: No one's ever said anything like that. That's a really honest statement.
2: It's it's believe me. I love her, but like something about me wasn't connecting with her. And it wasn't until she actually started showing some signs of like a personality that allowed me to attach to these things that she did that were unique and different from the other one, from the other one to discern the two and the love that I have for them. was actually the same, not more because there is not more.
0: And now how old old are they?
2: They're seven and eight. And now it's the same. So arrow, my seven year old, she's my Fortnite buddy. Like (laughs) her and I, crush like we play video games together
0: don't give many ideas she
2: like pounds me and like she like she thinks i'm the coolest the other day she figured out that i was gonna die one day and started crying because she didn't know she was gonna play video games with and like it broke my damn heart i was like i will play video games with you till the day i die don't worry about it you know and it's just like these little things so you know that said Everybody has to do their own work, and in every individual experience as a parent, like you'll have, like certain work that will come up that you wouldn't almost expect having a second kid. You know that you'll be like, "Oh shit!" Like this is, you know, this doesn't feel the same. Like you know, whatever it is, yeah, like, because it's not new. It's not the first time. The pregnancy like, these are the-
0: that feels different than the first one. Uh, he's not in it. This pregnancy feels super different than the first one. Yeah. Hint. 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 Uh
2: oh.
1: Well, are, are, but I think that, No, but I, I do think this is interesting to talk about because the second go, I mean, the first time, like you said, it's the first time you've never done it. You don't know what to expect. It's like this, like the second time, a lot of that kind of first time feeling is gone. And then you're also questioning all the things we just talked about. Yeah. Obviously every parent that's got more than one kid has gone through this, but you
2: know, do you, you feel, feel like you're not as supported on the second time around?
0: I think that this is what I feel. And I think a lot of women can relate to this in the first pregnancy, you have your partner's full capacity and attention. And men have a little bit trouble because they're
2: because they apply their nerves to it in some manner because well, they're, they're like focused. oh I don't know what's going on so I'm going to try to do as much as I can
0: and they're focused on you they apply their nerves that's what I'm saying yeah yeah and they're like really careful of you but then when you bring a toddler into the mix the energy has to be dispersed
2: yeah yeah so yeah. He,
0: like his energy has to go towards the toddler too so well, it's- the majority
1: also of my time now as she gets further along is I have to take care of the kid a lot which is great it's fine this suppose, is a therapy session no but it's because you know she's fully pregnant, right? And so she's not, you know, she can't lift the kid up and down the stairs as much as, you know, there's a lot going oh, on. How old is the other one? She's two, two, almost two and a half. Oh, yeah.
0: So it's it's an interesting juxtaposition and it's it's just weird to be pregnant the second time when you're used to having full attention the first time.
2: I yeah. Think. I think it's kind of like the idea is like never like don't wake up with expectations. You know, it's almost like
1: It's <laughs> good advice. Yes.
2: I have uh, a list of expectations. Yeah, 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 well, it's <laughs> almost go. like we almost have to, you know, as you do more, you have to expect less, right? In some manner right. of speaking.
1: And Lauren, right. in your case, maybe we could, you don't even have to have no expectations, but let's maybe have them, like cut them mm-hmm. in half. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Just write a list of them and then rip the list in half. Okay, back to, okay, the, back so, to
0: the coffee. Back, back to, to the, the coffee. Because
2: coffee, I got to, this is. So yeah, let's, let's talk about it. So what ended up happening was my dad died three months after my daughter was born. But right around that time, we were in this gym. I grew this gym and it was. It was crushing it right in the middle of downtown Milwaukee. And we had this smoothie shop that was in the front of our gym that was upgrading locations. I like worked it out with them that they kept left everything there. And we opened up a coffee shop and it was called strong coffee in three months. My daughter was born. My dad died and strong coffee ran out of money. And less than a month later I was casted for the TV show strong. And I was called about Versace for the last, the next three years I would just be a tornado of things from doing the show, burying burying my dad, coming back, moving my family to California, shutting down Strong Coffee within like three months of opening it the first time, because I was just overwhelmed, undercapitalized, you know, all these things, something had to give. We go into this TV show. I mean, I find myself on TMZ, <laughs> like once the show premieres, it was like... It was kind of wild. I have these people out in LA that want to hire me to be their trainer, the founder of Tom's, Blake Mikoski, you know, YG, the rapper, like Ray Lewis, Joaquim Noah, I'm like working with all these celebrities and professional athletes. So I move out there. One day, I'm sitting at Sun Life in Malibu. I always had this thing about Sun Life. Every client I got allowed me one smoothie a week. When I first got there, I only could buy one smoothie a week because I only had one client. Then I got a second client, then I got a third client. You know, and all of a sudden, yeah, I'm. Khalil's
1: drinking. shit's not cheap.
2: No, it's not cheap. Yeah, right. And it's also for me, it was like I'm a, I'm supporting a wife and two kids, right? Like most people stop stopping at Sun Life are either millionaires or supporting themselves. You know, it's like, I mean, everybody. I it's very rare that you meet people at Sun Life that have kids that are you know hip and vibe driving around G wagons and stuff, right? So I'm kind of this like outsider, but like I fit in because of the people I train. You know, but I'm dad as fuck, sitting over here like enjoying my one cheapest smoothie I can, you know, with each client. And Cleo comes up to me and he buys me a smoothie. He like pulls out his phone. He goes, "I was looking on Facebook or Instagram." He's like, "What is this?" And he shows me the coffee post from like 2013 when I was featured in a food magazine for this like premier coffee creamer that like had never been seen in the in the space before. And uh, I was the first person to ever take collagen and MCT powders and put it into a non-dairy coffee protein-based creamer in 2013. So it never existed up until that point. I even put L-theanine in it, so it managed anxiety, so it was enzolytic. Now I'm talking to Khalil, it's 2018, he's like, you should do this again. And I was like, man, I'm like, I'm doing X as a trainer, like I got no fucking time. He's like, yeah, but if you don't do this, you're going to regret it. And I was like, yeah, but like strong coffee company, I doubt the URL even exists anymore. Like somebody has to have snatched it up. Like I let it go like three years ago or two years ago. And he's like, oh, check it out. I go on my GoDaddy account. StrongCoffeeCompany.com is available. I pay $11.99 for it. I find the Instagram. I started putting prototypes together. At the time, the Fit Expo, uh, which is like the LA Fitness Expo, they're paying me to be their MC. So I like MC the whole show. I hop up on stages and I, you know, bring people on stage, introduce, interview, do things like that. And in pay, they could either pay me or I can get a free booth. So I was like, I'll take the free booth and I would sample my prototype coffees with like little written surveys, no brand, no nothing, just, grab a free coffee tell me what you think about it in between my emceeing i'd run to this you know run to my booth and then i'd find like the ins- influencers and in instagram and like walk around and hand them free coffee because they're all exhausted shaking people's hands and meeting people i was always like a godsend people like oh my god godsend. this is coffee you know and that's like how i started meeting more of these instagram influencers and in the fitness business and you know i'm one too but like i'm not like mr million followers and shit you know trainer
0: you should have just walked around naked with needles in your I arm in mean, your versace <laughs> boxers
2: you know i I didn't think about that. Yeah. Hello. Damn, hello. With your <laughs> with heart hookers, on your sleeve, with, with my hookers. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I'm I'm trying this coffee out, and I get it to a place where people people really are digging it. It's I long drive home from San Jose Sunday night for the Fit Expo in San Jose, and Monday morning, bright and early, I am training the founder of Upworthy and Good Ink, Ben Goldhirsch. And, uh, the CEO now uh, founder and, uh, he answers the door in his underwear and he's like, oh, I'd offer you some coffee, but I don't have any. It's nice to meet you. I was like, Hey, I actually happen to have this coffee in my car. Why don't you put on some pants? I'll go grab this coffee and we can get this training going, you know? And, uh, it's like, cool. So I make this coffee for me. He's like, holy shit. His wife comes down and she's like, what's that smell? It's amazing. She's like, I thought we didn't have any coffee. He's like, our trainer brought some coffee. She's like, I want to try it tries it likes it he's like my wife never loves anything claire hoffman she's like this uh very well-known writer for rolling stones and uh, you know my wife doesn't love anything so he calls me he's like how do we get more i'm like we don't that's it doesn't exist anymore i'm like those are prototypes i'm like the next thing has to be in order he's like how much i'm like x amount of units he's like cool let's get this company started
0: How much was it? How many units?
2: Uh, Yeah, I spent $75,000 in product. And then I had $75,000 for payroll and marketing.
0: And he helped you with that in the beginning. He
2: gave me the $150,000 for percentage of my company.
0: So you were just in the right place at the right time with the right product, with the right talent.
2: I said no to not many things in my life, meaning like I always showed up. Right. So somebody said, I got this guy, go train him at four in the morning. You figured it out. I figured it out. I,
0: I love people like you. Yeah. I love, I love. So it's love, like right place,
2: right time. Like, I, I think it was that. inevitable that I was going to be in the right place. I, I wrote this post one time because I was boxing with YG and it's, you know, the post was like, I never imagined I'd be here is a complete fucking lie because everything I've done was to get here.
0: It, so it's, it's like, there's
2: no way I didn't believe I was going to get here. It's, it's just so a matter dumb. of time. It was just a matter of time. I
0: feel the same way. And it's it's funny because I do this meditation every day and it says the frequency that you put out there and the energy and the visualization that you put out there, if it all meets together, you you know in time, which is why you can be so patient.
1: You know why? It's like when they ask successful people, what was the epiphany? And most successful people is is there ne- there is not an epiphany because you've already envisioned so far. You've already seen yourself there for so long, right? Like you don't just like one day be like, I'm going to try something and like, luck strikes and then everything works out, right? Like you've thought about this for so long. You put in so many hours that probably even where, even where it is right now, like you haven't actualized the potential of where you see it's
2: going. Probably didn't surprise right? you. So it's not surprising when you get there. I think some entrepreneurs, yes, I would agree with you on some others. There are people out there that have taken a thousand swings and that's not luck. That's called you of just fucking kept on trying failure after failure and you somehow kept on having support after support, which more than likely you are a privileged individual and have some sense of an, you know,
1: but, but was, there's an argument with those people that most of those things, like they, there's not, they're not on the map in a, in a real substantial way. Right? Like, like I think when that,
2: I, like when I had trained the founder of Tom's, I was like, I mean, I found out like how many businesses failed that nobody knows about gambling online businesses, like all these things that failed. And he goes, so he's like, I'm stretching them out. And he goes, it was luck. <laughs> Tom's was luck, right? Like, he got a commercial that ended up airing on the Super Bowl. And the next day, every major department store ordered over $2 million in fucking shoes. It's like some people just have that. Other people show up every day and just grind and grind and grind, right? Like, Blake told me I should bootstrap. It's like dude, you didn't have to bootstrap. You had a fucking Super Bowl commercial in your first 2 months of business. <laughs> Cuz you were on a TV show and you would you know and like these other things like you had this opportunity. I'm making this opportunity. Sure. That I was told I was told coffee was saturated. That I would never compete in coffee.
0: Oh, I hate when By people say that. By my own saturated. fucking investors. I hate when people say saturated. Three years
2: later, Whole Foods picks me up globally and puts me in my own section in the coffee aisle. This, you know, and it's nothing like. Nothing
0: is saturated if you have a unique perspective.
2: A unique perspective and a good product. You know how much shitty products are out there? You know, I literally go broke buying competitive products to mine. And I have not found one that has made me worry. I've never found one that I'm like, oh shit we got to figure out what these people are doing. I'm usually like, how the fuck are these people selling $50 million in garbage? Right? Like there are a lot of people out there selling absolute trash and posing as a health company or, you know, that it's an alternative to coffee and it's healthier or whatever it is. And it's like, ultimately this isn't like a product that was made from like, Me wearing a polo shirt and studying marketing analytics and coming from some tech space that I found a hole on Amazon that if we hit this hole just right, we're going to make $3.2 million in the first six months. No, this was something that I made every morning, started over 12 years ago, making this every morning, coffee, coffee. Started at 12 putting L-theanine in it. Then one day I started putting protein in it. One day I started putting MCTs in it. It was just kind of like an evolution. And then my client's saying like, I want one. I want one. You know, me making it for them after their training sessions.
0: I also th- agree with you that the best product too is the product that the founder would actually use every single I've, day.
2: I've drinking this every single day for four years Well, that's that, a- and that's no bullshit. And when we don't have it, me and my wife will literally not drink coffee. Cause like other coffee gives us anxiety. Other coffee does give us jitters. Other coffee doesn't satiate me. Like I'm going to be hungry in two hours. Do
0: people drink it pregnant?
2: totally 100 we have like this whole empowered mama group through nikki rika incredible like mom that like talks about health and wellness and or like well you know like uh birth fit mom drawing a blank on her name but we did this whole mom's thing they had this mom's group and we went and served coffee at this it's 120 milligrams of caffeine it's not about a bunch of caffeine it's about the nutrients and the nutrient pairings to the caffeine like the l-theanine the tryptophan we focus on not dehydrating you. There's hyaluronic acid in here, coconut water extract, Himalayan sea salt. So you have electrolytes and minerals. So so
1: high level, explain to people the difference between this and regular coffee and the ingredients and how you use it.
2: So, I mean, one of the biggest things that regular coffee has is it kind of like falls short on the promise of like focus and energy, right? It really gives you a lot of like, like anxious energy. So that comes from a couple of different things, norepinephrine, adrenaline going up, your dopamine, serotonin, not being regulated and your like neurotransmitters have to like stay in some kind of level, even keel, right? If one's a super high and one's super low, the disparity between them is what creates the issue. Right. So we raise up serotonin with the uh, adrenaline release that you get from the caffeine. But what we really do is we actually focus as well on the fact that it's mold free, it's toxin free, right? A lot of people don't realize that when they pack traditional coffee beans, they're roasting them and there's moisture in it and then they're packing them. So it's, you're packing hot, moist things in a space. Do you remember like second grade biology? Sure, sure. What does that do? Bacteria, right? And mold, right? So you put warm bread in a plastic bag and you put it away. What happens? That bread turns moldy real quick. So that's what starts happening to the coffee beans sitting on your shelf for only a couple of weeks. Hmm. Right? So our coffee is freeze dried, spray dried, cold brewed coffee. It's low acidic. But then we look at like the overall health impact that coffee can have on us. 70% of us get our antioxidants from coffee, our majority of our antioxidants from coffee. Coffee is a very rich antioxidant uh food, right? What's even richer in antioxidants, a specific antioxidant, polyphenols, is the coffee berry itself, where the bean comes from. That berry has, when extracted, when you extract the coffee berry essence, you actually get a substrate, like an extract that increases BDNF, which is an essential neuroprotein in your brain by almost 200%. That BDNF is brain brain derived neurotropic factors. So this neuroprotein is actually what's related to cognitive decline. So people who have low amounts of BDNF have cognitive decline. Neurodegenerative disease, Alzheimer's, Alzheimer's dementia. Huh?
0: Right. That's super interesting.
2: Super interesting. Right. So in India, their BDNF is super high. And this is where we get the science. Huh? They have like zero. It's like 6% here. It's like 40 fucking percent. That
0: is wild.
2: So we're not just looking at productivity. We're looking at longevity. We're looking at the idea of like staying strong, striving to reach our natural greatness. This isn't a fucking sprint. It's a marathon right? I thought I was going to die when I was 35. It's because my brother died when he was 35. I literally had from the age of 22 to 35, I had the shot clock in the corner of my eye. I literally thought my time was going to be up at any moment, right? Like I didn't know, you know, I lost my dad when he was 62. I lost my brother when I was 35. It's like, what kind of life do I have? So it's like, when I I look at what I have, it's like, I want to achieve as much as I can in the shortest period of time. I don't want to waste time. I'm a fan of Seneca, you know, the shortness of time. It's like, this coffee takes you 40 seconds to make, it's like you have a delicious latte. You have breakfast.
0: How many did you have today?
2: Uh, like one.
0: Yeah. Do you only have one? Yeah, the, yeah. You have one. The ones and you're enough done.
2: to like carry you. And do yeah. you do
0: it iced or hot? I do it hot. And you don't add anything to
2: it. I add nothing to it. Water.
0: And if our audience was going to start with one because I don't like to overwhelm people like what's the one to start with that you would recommend
2: yeah I mean if they like something sweet they would want to go with the red bag the morning fix I don't
0: like sweet what what about you just normally
2: drink black yeah. if you normally drink black you would actually go with this instant coffee plus adaptogens Okay, so this has reishi in it ashwagandha Yum. no this is just black coffee I so put minerals
0: just, in my coffee every day do I have to put minerals in that or is it good and explain
2: um, to people what L-theanine I, mean, well, you I just want to know but- if I
0: have to put my minerals in
2: it yes I mean I would say since you're putting minerals in your water just put it in the coffee there there are minerals in our lattes because of the coconut water extract the hyaluronic acid the himalayan sea salt you are getting electrolytes and minerals but not as much as like you would find in like a fulvic mineral like you're probably taking but you
0: also get hydrated you have the ashwagandha for the no crash no jitters and there's
2: protein in this too huh yeah so our lattes so just to kind of give you like our lattes are for the brain and the body right it's proteins it's healthy fats it's everything you need for your brain to be super sharp focus cognitive all on tilt then the black is just the brain none of the body none of the protein none of the fats this is just going to make you feel super focused it's got l-theanine coconut water it's got uh, coffee berry ashwagandha and reishi so ashwagandha and reishi are adaptogens what adaptogens are they've been used for thousands of years in 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 you know eastern medicine but or what we look at western medicine what we look at is sorry Eastern. What we look at is the idea that with stress that you combat every day, whether it's working out or work stress, pregnancy, whatever it is, you want to reduce cortisol hormones in your body, right? Because cortisol is like the silent killer of men, right? So it's like if we, and this silent killer period, but it really kills, stress kills a lot of men, right? Men consume a lot more coffee than women on average. So when I look at different issues, I'm always looking at as a whole, like, how do I fight stress? how do i give you you know things to help you hydrate your skin how do i give somebody the protein that they need to you know give them the nutrition that they have to have to fuel this body and this brain and all the greatness that they you know are striving for so it's really something for everybody whether you want a sweet latte a bold unsweetened latte we have a honey lavender coming out on friday that is absolutely delicious and then because traditional coffee This is actually something, this is the first time anybody's hearing about this. This is actually just a prototype, which is, I brought it for you. You traditionally drink black coffee, right?
1: Yeah, but I I was thinking when you were talking, if I worked out in the mornings, I could potentially take this before. Totally.
2: Yeah. And there's actually incredible studies that show uh, how collagen actually does work to increase collagen fibril size. If you take these before you work out, it's going to have the greatest benefits to to drink one of these lattes 60 minutes before a workout. Not because it's a pre-workout, it's coffee. Right, it's a latte.
1: But if I'm having coffee anyway, usually. But if you that's coffee, usually all I have.
2: Exactly. I drink coffee in the morning. I go to the gym. I think pre workouts are for fucking children. Like who the fuck's <laughs> drinking fruit punch at five in the morning? Listen, it, it, it's 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 asinine. Don't to look me.
1: at me. I don't have. I haven't had a pre workout since college. You don't even know what I take. <laughs> what, what are you looking over there? It I, looks fruit punchy. No, no, I take some aminos sometimes. So it's a different thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. No, so, the, my no explode days are behind me. That was uh, the last time I tried to put that shit in my system was in 2014, <laughs> and I just threw up everywhere because yeah. I did it in college, and you know, I like.
0: Oh, yeah. Up. what are these prototypes That's vintage
2: so so these prototypes i i brought for you so like i was talking about because coffee has mold and toxins those build up in your liver builds up in your body right so but there's molds in other places we live in austin it's actually like the indians would call it the land of the sick it's got some of the highest mold counts and you know allergen counts and everything right so There are other issues that, you know, coffee can cause from bacteria, like different digestive issues, different things like that. So we're actually rolling out something called a coffee reset kit. So the coffee reset kit will be 15 days of a reset that will include 15 days of our black coffee and then 15 Uh, days of this afternoon complex and then 15 of these nighttime complex so the afternoon complex is a restore revive and release
1: is it help you taper off coffee if you're if you're something for a habitual user every exactly
2: day. Yeah. so it actually gets you off of using habitual use of coffee so this actually replaces your second cup of coffee while actually removing the mold from your body using glutathione oregano p3 oil cinnamon cilantro these different things that help pull mold out of the body right while also reintroducing a probiotics and prebiotics Smart. so then the nighttime takes what was removed and helps you release it. Activated charcoal, zeolite, things that grab the mold and help you poop it out. But then at the same time, also helping you sleep better. Valerian root, a little melatonin, very small amount of melatonin. You shouldn't use more than like 500 micrograms. Everybody overdoses. Like you can't find a pill at Target with less than like 2.5, which is just stupid. Like nobody needs that much. You're messing with your hormones at that point. So like taking just a small amount of melatonin, a bunch of other really great ingredients, reishi, lion's mane, chaga, like all these different things to help restore adrenal glands too. So the whole idea is to get you off Shitty coffee that has toxins and molds that's frying your adrenal glands because you're drinking three to five glasses of it a day and switch to one cup with the reset and be able to keep drinking our coffee going forward. Done. This is my new travel companion. This is it. Yeah, nice. man. See this, this company. This is it. Yep. This is it.
0: I'm gonna put it out the frequency out there. This company is gonna sell for a lot of money. Yes. <laughs> I'm I'm just saying I can I can feel it there's certain there's certain founders with certain stories with certain brands that you it just all comes together it's a very unique formula you have it it's very impressive do you want to do a code for our audience
2: Totally. Can we do code skinny? Code skinny it is.
0: Shop coffee company. What do you want
2: to give them off? Like 20%? What do you want to do?
0: 20% would be amazing. Let's
2: do 20%.
0: 20% off strongcoffeecompany.com. And then where can everyone follow you on Instagram? Maybe we can do a giveaway too.
2: Yeah, I would love to do one. Um, Strong coffee company is our Instagram handle. Um, What's
0: yours if people want to go look at you? I feel like people are going to want to go look at you after this episode.
2: It's Von Rothfelder. My last name. von R o t h f is in Frank e l d is in David e r little uh
0: I feel like you've done this before you know we saw you on Joe Rogan
2: yeah, well they talked about us yeah yeah I wasn't yeah, it, on it but we, but I, we saw I would love something. to be on Joe Rogan that'd be amazing
0: Joe well let's put it out into the ether <laughs> another big list. you know I, <laughs> I mean
2: honestly like the fact that he's not drinking strong coffee is a silly. Silly.
0: He needs strong coffee. Yeah.
2: I mean, who drinks regular coffee? It's moldy. So listen, i converted now. I'm done. Yeah, this is it. This is it. So, and these are great. These are travel packs of the latte. But you and- know what
1: I was thinking? We have to like periodically bounce around and I'll, and we're always getting this. I don't want to put the hotels on blast. We get this shitty hotel coffee, right? And I'm done with that now. So I'm gonna have this. Well,
2: and if you're ever traveling, we're in every Whole Foods in America. So you can always grab a travel pack, uh travel box, and, and, Sun Life. and Whole Foods. And we're at Sun
0: Life. Don't don't which, forget sunlight Oh yeah, it's personally been, it's
1: another 30 minutes since Khalil's invention.
2: So. Personally, personally, Sun Life is a great grab. It's so easy. It's it, you know, it's it's right there on the shelf right next to, next to the cash register.
0: Next time you come on. I would love to niche down and pick your brain on health and wellness and fitness because it seems like you know a lot of that stuff too. We didn't even get to get into that.
2: Yeah, I would love to. I mean, that's... Certainly my passion.
0: When you come on with Donatella.
2: Yes. Yeah, let's do it.
0: You guys can wear your underwear (laughs) and we'll interview you about your health and fitness. It's so funny
2: because I really am wearing the underwear she gave me. So it's just funny that we talk about it. (laughs) (laughs) It's just like, because they're kind of like this like good luck charm for me. I probably only wear them like once every couple of months. Thank you. Thank you
0: for that. I got lucky
2: underwear on. (laughs)
1: It's like what we like to do is have the person like really get to know the background. But then I think the next time like obviously you have an expertise and specific subjects, like niching
2: down on that. That's what Let's 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 do better. Let's get you guys in a training session with me once or twice and Where we can are kind of talk. So I actually train, I, I actually came out of retirement for a Jasper Weir. He's uh the founder of Task Us and uh he has a lot of lower back issues, and that just kind of piqued my interest as I like people who have issues that I can
0: What about heartburn? Do you have any stretches for heartburn? I mean
2: I wouldn't say stretches, but I would say definitely uh, there's definitely some nutritional things that we could go over that would definitely get rid of heartburn. I would say stop drinking sparkling water would be a start.
0: Sparkling uh, she's water, taking right? down my like three.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sparkling water is one of the worst things for heartburn. You're actually also depleting your body of uh, oxygen because of the carbon okay, dioxide. Let me give up
0: margaritas, weed mints. I give up walking up the stairs. I'll give sparkling walk- <laughs> stairs. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm yeah. up sparkling water. Hookers. Next time you come on, we're going to niche down on health and fitness and diet. Adam, you are so inspiring. Can we do a giveaway of all your favorites? From yeah, Strong let's Com- do it.
2: Yeah, let's do it all. Oh, and I got you. Yeah, we got you, though shirts. We could do a shirt giveaway with some product and a bunch of stuff.
0: All you guys have to do is follow at Strong Coffee Company on Instagram and let me know your favorite part of this episode on my Instagram at Lauren Bostick. Adam, come back on anytime. Maybe you and Khalil can come on and we can just See i would just have to listen
2: to him talk for an hour and a half
0: a fight over the mic i don't know though i don't know i feel like you both are so open it would be a pretty good episode
2: it would be a great episode and i always tell people with the strong coffee company the company you're only as strong as the ones you keep right Ooh. so that's why the company is so okay. important for us you're
0: pretty strong michael Bostick. yes awful. sir
2: yes sir yeah. thank you adam
0: thanks adam pleasure Appreciate Thank
1: you brother.
2: guys. Appreciate you.
0: Don't forget to use code Skinny20. We left a link for you in the show notes. His coffee is amazing. It's insane. I think you're going to love it. And of course, he's doing a giveaway for a bunch of his products. All you have to do is tell us your favorite part of this episode on my latest Instagram at Lauren Bostic and make sure you're following at Strong Coffee Company on Instagram. Thanks for listening. All right. This is a product that was actually recommended by you guys. You know, I've been on this hair journey trying to grow my hair. I was experiencing hair postpartum shedding, and you guys DM'd me about this product to add to my routine. It's by Devi. I'm sure you've seen this all over social media. It's blowing up because they have these crazy before and after photos. And what I did to grow and thicken my hair and make it not shed was I took supplements, I did micro needling, and then I did scalp massage. But what I've done is I've implemented this lightweight scalp serum into my routine with the scalp massage so I'll use the serum and like massage it into my head and the serum has all these amazing amino acids and peptides in it so with the scalp massage like I just feel like it gives me a thicker hair so I've like kind of habit stacked the scalp massage with this specific scalp serum this one by Davey also is water-based so it's not super oily and not too thick so you can use it any time of day I have been told by so Many old Hollywood actors to do scalp massage. And if you can get a good scalp serum with that massage, you cannot go wrong. I just feel like it's so, so amazing for overall scalp health. And the hair growth is just a benefit of having a healthy scalp. We had Justin Anderson on the podcast and he said, you have to be massaging your scalp and using a serum is such a plus with it. And honestly, I'm really trying to be preventative and proactive after this baby. So I don't experience the same amount of hair shedding. So I'm very, very excited about this. You can use code skinny at checkout for 15% off your first purchase and visit diviofficial.com for more information. That is D-I-V-I official.com for more information. Use code skinny for 15% off your first purchase.